What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Monday, November 27, 2023. My name's Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And on today's show, we're going to wrap up week 13, the final regular season week for Big Ten football. We'll talk about all seven games. We're going to talk about some basketball stuff. I'm going to put it right inside this episode. Five quick hitters at the end of this show, all about basketball. Going to put them together. Why not? Why not just do a big episode, put it all together? I said I was going to do a basketball episode Friday, and uh, it's Monday. So I missed that by about three days. So I'll just do it today. Add it right in because I want to talk about some hoops um, and much more on this show. Just much, much more. Let's talk about what's upcoming this week. There's going to be no bet big episode. We already discussed that last week. Um, there's only one game to pick, so I'm just going to pick those with Bet Big Brad and B1G Wilson. We'll tweet them out. Our final Bet Big episode will be the following week when we pick all the bowl games. Once the bowl games are announced, hopefully all the lines will be out for it immediately, even if they're early lines, and we're going to do one big final party episode. We're going to call it Crown Brad because he's been kicking our butts the whole year. And uh, congratulate him and all that good stuff on that episode. Later this week, though, I will have a Big Ten Championship preview. I'm also joining Big Ten Huddle with my boy JR. We're going to do a Big Ten Championship preview, so double the action on that. Go make sure you're following him and listening to his show as well. Um, There'll be another basketball episode towards the end of the week because Big Ten basketball is starting on Friday. So I want to preview some of those games start talking about where teams are at and where I think teams will finish towards the end of the year, all that good stuff. And just a lot of fun stuff this time of year, man. It's great. It's great. It's sad that the regular season is over, but we still got the championship game. We still got a ton of bowl games that we're going to be able to talk about. Still got a ton of bowl games we're going to be able to watch, which is the fun part. We'll have at least one team in the playoffs, possibly two. Um, So just a lot of action. And then, of course, like I said, Big Ten basketball starting up. That's That's really my favorite. I love basketball. I love talking hoops. I love watching hoops. Um, And so I'm really excited about that starting and uh, getting into all that fun stuff as well. Let's talk about what happened this week. Besides the games, though, there's been some coaching changes. First of all, Tom Allen was fired. I'm sad about it. I think Tom Allen's a great guy. I like him. I thought he was good for Indiana. I've been talking about it the last like four or five weeks. I didn't think that he should be fired only because... I've been watching Indiana and how hard those guys have been playing. They're just not talented enough to win the games at this moment. And maybe that's his fault. Maybe it's his fault in recruiting. Maybe it's his fault in coaching. Um, Certainly, Indiana's administration thinks it's his fault, so they let him go. My big question, though, is who's next, though? Who wants to coach at Indiana, number one? And who can Indiana even get that's going to make a big change? That's going to come in and get them to a bowl game. I don't know who it is. I think Tom Allen loved Indiana. That's that's a big part. Of, to me, it's a big part of coaching is do you actually want to be there? Do you care about the school? And do you want to win for the school? And um, I think Tom Allen wanted that. I really do. I think that uh, some other guys that have been let go recently, Pat Fitzgerald for other reasons, he was a guy like that as well that really wanted to win for Northwestern. I think of, um, I'm looking up right now, I'm looking at the Ohio State-Michigan score. Jim Harbaugh really wants to win at Michigan, like really bad. He'll do anything to win at Michigan. Um, 
Coach Loxley at Maryland really wants to win for Maryland. Maryland guy through and through. A lot of guys like that. Kurt Ferentz, Iowa. But there's coaches that just really, really want to win for their program. I thought Tom Allen was one of them. So uh, I'm honestly sad to see him go. I know a lot of people like to make fun of him. I like to make fun of him sometimes. It's fun. It's fun to make fun of Tom Allen. I, I won't lie about it. Um, but I, at the end of the day, though, I do think he was good for the team, good for the program, and good for the school. So I'm sad to see him go. Um, very interested to see where Indiana goes in their uh, in their next coaching hire and what direction they're going to go to. Michigan State, they have made a decision what they're going to do. Harlan Barnett will not be the head coach. They went ahead and hired Jonathan Smith from Oklahoma State. I don't know a lot about Jonathan Smith. I follow Big Ten football, and I, I hardly watch much Pac-12, SEC, um, of those other conferences, unless it's a really big game. Now, I know Oklahoma State had a good game against Oregon this week, and the only reason I know that is because when I'm score searching on Saturday, if there's not a game on, I'll look for whatever game has the highest ranked teams and the closest game. I think that's pretty natural as a casual fan to do that. And I saw that one. I popped it on my TV, but I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really paying attention to it. And honestly, even though I heard the rumors about uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Smith, I still wasn't even keeping tabs on Oklahoma State during that game for that reason, even though I heard the rumors beforehand. Um, I think that Michigan State's excited about this. I haven't seen a lot of buzz about this hire. I saw a lot of buzz this season about possibly getting Urban Meyer. And I know there's some guys on Twitter right now that are um, deleting tweets maybe, maybe going into hiding. Because some guys said that that was for sure happening, and it did not happen. So Michigan State, Jonathan Smith, happy that they have a coach. Hopefully they can put everything that's happened behind them. And um, as far as, you know, Mel Tucker and all that good stuff, hopefully they can put that behind them and start a new chapter for Michigan State football. Because I think that when Michigan State is good, which they have been recently, I think that when they're good, it's good for the whole conference. It makes the games better. Um, it makes some of the rivalries better and uh, things of that nature. So I'm hoping that they they can turn that new chapter and um, go in the right direction with Coach Smith. Excited about that for them. All right, let's talk about the game. Let's talk about all the games. But I want to start with the game. It was Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan wins it 30-24. to 24. Lots of stuff happened in this game. First of all, great game. I tweeted out that this was an all-time classic. I thought that the, like, Every play you had to kind of hang and see like what you're like just on bated breath seeing what's going to happen this play because any play could have changed the whole momentum or the outlook of what was going to happen with the final score of this game. Um, so I thought it was a great game all the way through from start to finish. I was really surprised from a football standpoint. I was very surprised with both teams run defense, especially Ohio State. I think that they didn't get a lot of credit for that going into the game, and I think that their defensive coordinator, whoever that is, I'm not sure who it is. I don't know a lot of coordinators. I don't know Michigan's defensive coordinator. Um, is it Sharon Moore? Was it Sharon? No, he's an offensive guy, isn't he? Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that the defensive coordinator from Ohio State, though, was hell-bent on stopping the run. And based on what's happened the last few years in this rivalry, I'm remembering games where like Donovan Edwards broke big runs. Uh, Blake Corum has broken, not big runs, but he's had big games in the game. So uh, I think that that was their focus, and I think that Ohio State did a really good job of that. They made J.J. McCarthy go win the game for Michigan State. Now, 
Is he the reason that they won? I'm not so sure. I think it was more Michigan's defense was even better at stopping the run. I was surprised that Travion Henderson didn't have a bigger game. I think that they did a decent job neutralizing uh, Marvin Harrison throughout the game. I know he had the one touchdown at the end. And the uh, other receivers, I thought they did a decent job in the defensive backfield, especially comparing what they did last week against Maryland, giving up a lot of big plays uh, with Tuilea's arm. But um, great defensive battle, I thought. Even though the score went over 30-24, to 24, I thought the defenses really shined in this game and the offenses uh, were kind of second place to me in this game. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. Um, let's see. What happened at the end of this game, though? This is like kind of the pivotal moments of this game. I think Michigan made plays when they absolutely needed to. They got the ball with eight minutes to go. This was right after Marvin Harrison's touchdown. And I'm thinking in my head now, eight minutes is a long time. But the way that Michigan plays, I wouldn't be surprised if they could get it under two minutes. They did even better than that. They killed almost seven minutes off the clock. They made Ohio State burn two of their timeouts. They were one first down away from just being able to take knees and win this game by three, which... I kind of wanted because Brad said that Michigan was going to win by three and I wanted to post a video. In fact, I did post a video. I'm such an idiot. Post the video of Brad uh, saying that Michigan was going to win by three, even though they ended up winning by six. Anyways, they get down close. They kick the field goal, but it gives Ohio State a chance with one timeout. And I think it was about a minute 12 or a minute 20 left to go down and score a touchdown and win the game by one. If Ohio State were to score a touchdown, they get a couple of big plays. I know Mbuka caught a pass. I think that Marvin Harrison caught a second one. One of them was fumbled, and Ohio State jumped on it. Kind of iffy. There was a lot. There was there was a few iffy calls. Roman Wilson's touchdown was an iffy call. And then that that catch at the end where I think it was Mbuka again coming across the middle. He gets the ball punched out, and someone else from Ohio State jumps on it. They called it a fumble and marked it where the guy picked up the fumble. Um, but then the drive ends when Michigan's defensive line finally got some pressure on Kyle McCord, which they were not doing a good job of throughout the game. I thought that Kyle McCord was able to stand in the pocket and be pretty clean most of the game. They get some pressure on him. He makes kind of, it wasn't a terrible throw, but he's trying to throw it to Harrison. And then Rod Moore was the guy that got the pick. Michigan wins the game. Michigan heading to Indianapolis for the third straight year. And honestly, three years ago, saying that out loud would have been crazy to think about because people were calling for Jim Harbaugh's job. It looked like Michigan wasn't ever going to get to Indianapolis. I still remember people joking on Twitter. This was back before Casual even started that uh, Michigan didn't even know where Indianapolis was. They had some really bad seasons. The COVID year was not good for them. So coming off of that 2020 year and then saying, they're going to go to three straight Big Ten championship games is wild. Um, some other things that I think are wild. Ryan Day loses the third straight game against Michigan. I think personally, this is just me personally, I think it's crazy that people are calling for his job just because of this one game. Michigan's very good. They have been very good for three years in a row now. So him losing that game three times in a row, yeah, it sucks. Rivalry game, it sucks. But look at what he's done. If you just take those three games away, look at what else he's done. He's been in the playoffs, what, twice? He's won like every other. He, I think he's undefeated in the Big Ten besides that. So he's doing a decent. I mean, I wouldn't even say he's doing it. I think he's doing a great job at Ohio State. I think it's crazy to call for his job um, 
just because of the one game. But I do realize that the standards are high at Ohio State, and you have to win this game. And he has not been doing that now three years in a row. Um, the other thing that I think is crazy, this is this is just a super side note. Ohio State never posted the score. They posted graphics for the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. They post graphics for every game. Um, and they lost this game, and they didn't post a graphic, and I think that that is a coward move. I was on Twitter. I said, we cannot let this stand. We cannot let this stand, people. As a fan base of anybody from the Big Ten, we have got to hold Ohio State accountable. We need a final score graphic for this game. Ohio State, do the right thing. Post the graphic. Hang on to your coach. Hey, there's a chance that Ohio State is still going to be in the playoff. Look what happened last year. They got beat worse last year, and they were still in the playoff and had a really good game against Georgia. So we'll see what happens. I would love to see both Ohio State and Michigan in the playoff. Michigan, I we'll talk about we'll talk about the Big Ten Championship stuff later on this week and their playoff potential. Let's get to the rest of these games, though. I talked about that game for a little bit too long. Uh, we have the battle for the old Oaken Bucket. Purdue versus Illinois. Purdue wins the game 35-31. to 31. I thought that Soresby looked good. I thought that Card looked slightly better. I said last week in the Bet Big episode, I thought that if Hudson Card played this game, that Purdue should win this game and they should cover. Not only did they win, they did cover the three and a half. Barely final score was 35-31. to 31. Soresby, like I said, I thought he played a really good game. Three touchdowns, 226 pass, passing. But Hudson Card, 275 passing, also three touchdowns. Purdue takes home the old Oaken Bucket. They finished the year. How do I want to put this? They didn't finish as badly as they started, I will say. I still have flashbacks to the Syracuse game where they were just giving up touchdown after touchdown to their quarterback, whose name is escaping me now. Um, they still finished in last place in the Big Ten West, although their conference record was the same as Minnesota and who was the other one? I'm forgetting now. Nebraska, was it? Conference record was the same, but their overall record was one game lower than... Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota, that's what it was. Did I say that? Minnesota and Nebraska. I think it was, right? But they only won four games this year. So... They're still overall in last place in the Big Ten West. I'm kind of surprised by that. I will say that Purdue going into the season, I could not get a read on. I did not know what kind of Purdue team we were going to get, especially with a first-year coach in Ryan Walters. Excited to see what he does. I think that next year I'll, he, I'll have an even worse read because it's going to be next year all the talk's going to be, can they take a step forward in year two, or is it going to be the same old stuff that we saw in year one with Coach Walter. So very interesting, interested to see uh, for Indiana. Like I said, I already talked about uh, Tom Allen was fired. Don't know who their next coach is going to be, so I don't know what they're going to do with their next steps. It's going to be fun to watch, though. It's going to be interesting to track as the uh, rest of the season winds down for the other teams that are in the bowls and these coaches and these teams start making some decisions. All right, next game. No rivalry game here, although maybe it should be couple of East Coast teams. Maryland beats Rutgers 42-24. to I said that Maryland was going to win big in this game. I got to pat myself on the back. I think I had a pretty good week predicting some of these games. Um, and Maryland was all over them. I turned this game on after the first quarter. It was 21-3 to when I started watching this game. 
I was uh, not that anyone cares, but I was helping my kids make some Christmas ornaments, some little snow globe ones. Very cute. It's a little Santa Claus. They color the inside. They put some um, glitter on it. Really, really fun time. Nice little uh, memory I was making while I missed the first quarter of Maryland and Rutgers. And I'm glad I did it because uh, Maryland was kicking their ass from the jump in this game. I will say Rutgers did battle back in this game. I did not see Rutgers scoring 24 points in this game based on the season that they've had, and especially the last six weeks. I did not see them scoring 24 points on that Maryland defense. Very surprised by that. Um, I did put a parlay in at halftime of this game. The first leg of it was Maryland minus 14, and it was in trouble there towards the end. I needed Maryland to score another touchdown, and they do mainly because of my guy, Tuilea Tangavailoa, now your Big Ten leading passer of all time. He's got the most passing yards in the history of the Big Ten. I was not aware of this. I have to admit, somebody on Twitter was asking me, where's the Tuilea tweet? And I had no idea what he was talking about. So I asked him, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Did they score again? Did I miss a score update? And he said, no, he's the all-time leading passer now. And I was like, whoa. And then I went to Maryland's uh, page and Sure enough, there was a graphic for that. Ohio State, I bet Ohio State would have posted a graphic for that. Um, a graphic for that, and I was really excited for Tua Man, I did not know he had such a great career. I knew he had, I knew he had a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, but I did not know that he was on pace to be the all-time leading passer in the Big Ten. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Also, pretty impressive. I think I forgot to put this on my sidebar. I definitely did. Darn it. Forgot to put that on my sidebar. I have uh, the Northwestern game. How could I forget to put this on my sidebar? I'm just going to go down to the X because that's the next game. Um, people that are listening on a podcast, it doesn't matter. You're not watching on YouTube anyways. Northwestern beats Illinois 45-43. to Another game where Cameron freaking Johnson, a family member now of casual Big Ten. Big Ten Wilson has been continually texting me that that's family. That's family, baby. Seven catches, 124 yards. He scored the first touchdown of the day. I was freaking jacked when I saw him pull down that touchdown. Went up high. He, I think he was over the upright when he caught that ball. Super athletic catch. I think there was two defenders on him. Um, shout out to my boy Cameron. Cam with the touchdown. Loved it. Loved to see it at the start. Not that I was cheering against Illinois, but I was definitely cheering against Illinois. I've been on the Northwestern bandwagon all year. Um, this game was a shootout, though. Absolute shootout. Every time I looked up, there was another score in this game. It looked like Northwestern was going to take the lead and kind of control it, and then Illinois would fight back. Illinois had the lead for a second. Um, ben Bryant, he threw two interceptions, but he also threw those two touch. Well, I say those two touchdowns. He threw one to Cam, and then he threw another one to A.J. Henning. I saw, I think it was in the third quarter. Um, and then he ran in another one. I missed that one. I did not see. I actually saw him. I looked up at my TV. I was in the kitchen and he was like uh, celebrating on the sideline. I was like, I was like, oh, did he throw another one to Cam? No, it was just him rushing one in. Um, crazy game, though. But this was the second leg of my parlay. I had Northwestern money line at halftime of this game. And that was the second of three on my parlay. No one cares about my bets. I don't know why I'm talking about this. No one cares. I want some money, though. I was pretty excited. Land of Lincoln Trophy goes to Northwestern. Shout out to Northwestern. Great season. Seven wins. 
Seven. I said back in July that I thought they would win four or more. And I thought when I said four or more, five could be the possible max they could win. And people called me crazy. And I was crazy pretty much for saying that they could even win four. Everyone was picking them to win zero, one, maybe two. I originally picked them in June to win three. They Then I said in July, I thought, you know what? Maybe they could win one more, maybe two. Nah, they won seven. Seven games, first-year head coach. Uh, David Braun, shout out to David Braun, man. What a job he did. Automatic coach of the year winner for sure. Pretty crazy, by the way. Last year's basketball coach of the year, Chris Collins, and then now David Braun from Northwestern. Northwestern has great coaches. You love to see it. They're making smart hires. You love to see it at Northwestern. Um, for Illinois, just a really disappointing year. They're 5-7. and seven. They're not going to a bowl now. Uh, lots of expectations, especially for their defense. Bielema, I just don't feel like had the guys rallied as much as he did last year. It felt last year, Illinois was a more fun team. It felt like they had more continuity. It felt like they had, they definitely had better players, especially on defense last year. Um, just didn't feel like the same team as last year. And I know teams change year to year. But going into the season, I thought that there would still be that culture that Illinois kind of created last year, and it feels like they lost it. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see for them. It's going to be interesting for all these teams, obviously, with new teams joining the Big Ten, and based on what they did this year, how they either rebound or how they build for the following year. But for Illinois, can they get back that that culture that they had last year and that team that team bond? that they had last year and kind of make another another push towards the top of the standings. All right, now we're caught up on uh, YouTube. We're on the Axe game now. Apologize to Northwestern Illinois. I forgot to put that on the sidebar. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, Wisconsin, 28. Minnesota, 14. Minnesota loses. I was pretty excited about it because I wanted them to finish last in the Big Ten West after all the shit was talked to me on Twitter over the summer. Mm, they got close. They are tied for the least amount of conference wins in the West. The only reason Purdue's lower than them is what I just talked about. They have a worst overall record, but barely. I mean, just barely. Minnesota doesn't win that Iowa game, and I know they don't want to talk about this, but because, and I don't want to talk about it either. They won it fair and square, but if that call doesn't go their way in the Iowa game, Minnesota's last in the West, and I was right about that call. Um, and I guess it could go the other way too. They could have won one more game if they won that Northwestern game, which they lost in overtime and blew a 21 point lead. So I guess it goes both ways. They finished about where they were supposed to. I think, I think they finished about where they were supposed to five and seven. A lot of people thought they were going to win eight. I thought they were going to win three. You split the difference. They won five. That's kind of how it goes. Paul Bunyan's ax was on the line for this game. Like I said, Wisconsin is taking it home. This game totally felt like an old-school Wisconsin game. They kind of put you to sleep with the run game, and then the defense just did enough to hold the other team to less than three touchdowns, and that's all they really needed to do. Wisconsin outgains Minnesota 412 to 286. 267 of those yards came via the run game, and mainly because of Braylon Allen. He scored twice in this game. I just want to repeat that real quick. Wisconsin, 267 rushing yards. Minnesota, 286 total yards. Total yards. They almost outrushed Minnesota's 
total offense, which is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Mordecai did his thing too, though. He threw two touchdowns. Minnesota might still go to a bowl, huh? How's that possible? I I haven't done a ton of research on this, but there's some way that if a team has X amount of seniors, I think it is, and their grade point average is high enough, if they win five games, they're still technically bowl eligible, but they have to be chosen to go to the bowl. So uh, it sounds like from a couple of the people I follow on Twitter that they are going to one, uh, but they don't deserve it. Let's be frank. They did not win six games. They should not be going to a bowl. This is actually the first year I'm hearing about this five-win thing. And maybe, again, every week I show my casualness a little bit more. But uh, I don't think they should go. I know P.J. Fleck got asked in an interview post-game if they would accept if they went. And he said the right things. He said, of course they would go. They get more practice. Excuse me. He said that they would get another game. He said that Minnesota might be their best version of themselves in the bowl game, which I agree with. That is totally legit. That They should go. They should get the extra practices, extra games, and start building for next year. But they don't deserve it, though. They don't deserve to be in a bowl. All right. Heroes Trophy. Not much to talk about in this game because I could have did this recap probably last week before this game even happened. It was Iowa in the under, and it always was. Just ask Brad about it. You listen to him on Friday. He said, Iowa in the under. Don't need to hear the numbers. The number was 25 and a half. The total score was 23 because it was Iowa 13, Nebraska 10. It looked like it was going to go over because at halftime it was 7 to 10. Iowa's leading. So you're only <laughs> you're only 10 points away from you know hitting the over. And there was only six points in the second half. It's just absolutely insane. And once again, I feel like it's fun to laugh about how low these scores are, but you have got to give Iowa credit for winning the way that they do, winning the way that they want to. They don't want a high-scoring game. They don't want to get in a shootout with anyone. They can't. They literally can't. They don't have the they don't have the facilities for that. They can't get in a shootout. So they have to hold people to low points and then try to squeak out low-scoring wins. Um, historic under, by the way, that was the lowest over under of all time. And, uh, other notes from this game, the backup kicker hit the game winning field goal. I think it was with like, cause what was it? This game was tied in the third quarter. And then how much time was left? Let me look this up real quick. Not, nah, let's not look it up. It was late in the fourth quarter. It, was it a game? Let me look this up. Let me look this up. Was it a game winner as time expired? I remember the game. I just don't remember. I think it was. They were looking. I think it was one of those situations where they were looking at the clock to see if there was. Yeah, it says zeros on the clock for the for the time he hit the field goal. I do remember they were like everyone was on the field and the refs were like trying to get people to settle down because they were like, there might be one second left. Nebraska was like, we don't care. Let's we're done. We're done. We're done. We don't even want one second. We don't need to be out here any any longer than we have to. Don't need to get tackled again. Iowa already was going to Indy. Um, I do not have a prediction yet. I will have a prediction on the Big Ten Championship preview episode that I'll do later this week. But I do want to say this, though. Iowa beat Nebraska by three on a game-winning field goal. Michigan, the team that they are playing, also played at Nebraska, and they won by 38 points. So I'm not making a prediction but do with that information what you must. 
That's all I'll say about that for right now. All right, last game. Oh, by the way, that game was on Friday. This game was also on Friday. Uh, awesome to have the games on Friday, day after Thanksgiving. So much fun. So much fun to have those games. Like, not used to having games. I know the NFL put a game on, too. Nobody was watching that. No one gives a shit about the NFL. We were watching Big Ten action, baby. Not a lot of people watched this game for very long, though. It was all Penn State in the nightcap at Ford Field. Uh, Penn State was just way better than Michigan State. I said that last week. It's not a surprise anyone could have said that. They've had a better year. They've scored more. Their defense has been better. They were playing a team that can't score, can't get stops. Um, had a coach one foot out the door, apparently. I wonder if he knew. I wonder if Harlan Barnett knew last week that he was not going to be the guy. Uh, the only news that I really have from this game is that I'm kind of mad at, I'm going to say I'm specifically mad at Michigan State because we bet the over-under at 42 and a half. I took the over, and Penn State scored 42, and Michigan State contributed zero. Zero. For, I think, the third time this year they've been shut out. I know that they were shut out by Michigan, Penn State, and they scored. They hit a field goal against Ohio State, but I think they got shut out one other time, didn't they? I'm not positive. I can't remember. Maybe it was only two. Michigan State needs to regroup, though. We talked about that with Coach Smith coming in. For Penn State, I need to talk about this for just a moment. Great year. 10 wins, great year. You hit your over. You won all the games that you were supposed to. You lost the two games that everyone thought you were going to lose. I picked Penn State to go 12-0 and this year. I'm not going to hide behind my predictions like I feel like some other people might. Um, and I got harassed once again on Twitter. It's fine, though. I love it. I love the harassment on Twitter, by the way. I love all the interaction. But people telling me that like it was dumb or stupid or laughable that I picked Penn State to go 12 and 0 is just not true. It's just not true. They had the top defense in the country. I think I I haven't looked this up. Maybe I should look it up. Not going to right now. But they had one of the top defenses in the country. They had a kid in Drew Aller who was the highest recruited quarterback in his class coming out 2 years ago. He played last year, although some people will tell you that he didn't. He played in 10 games last year. He looked good. So going into the season, I thought they had their quarterback. They have a stable of running backs. They have a great defense. My only concern was they had a good offensive line, was the wide receivers. I just didn't think they had the best wide receiver core in the Big Ten. But I thought they could overcome that and maybe win a couple of these big games. And uh, everyone just reminding me that they have James Franklin. They can't ever win a big game. Well, I thought they won the Rose Bowl last year. Didn't they? That's a pretty big game. Now, have they beat Michigan? No. Have they beat Ohio State? No. Haven't done that. Ohio State hasn't beat Michigan. Nobody else has beaten Ohio State either. Who has beat Michigan or Ohio State? Who among us has beaten Michigan or Ohio State in the last three years? Michigan State did it once. I remember that. Uh, I don't remember Ohio State's last conference loss besides Michigan. I literally don't remember. It's been over three years, though. I, I believe that's true. So just saying that he can't win the big game, nobody can. Nobody's beating those two guys. They're on a different level. But I thought that Penn State was getting close. And you go back to their games with the, against those two teams, and I don't want to sit here and stand for uh, Penn State all night, but let me just pull these games back up, though, because the Michigan game was very close. They lost by nine. The Ohio State game was very close. They lost by eight. Anybody else saying that this year? Maryland, I guess, against Michigan. 
Indiana, I guess. No, Indiana wasn't that close against Ohio State. My point is, though, that my pick wasn't that bad of a pick. Let's relax with the let's relax with the insults. It was a fine pick. It was a risky pick. I knew that going into it. But ten wins is still a great year for Penn State. I don't think they have anything to hang their hat about or hang their head about. Um, and they can hang their hat on the fact that they're going to a New Year's New Year's Six Bowl. That's what they can hang their hat on while they're not hanging their head. That's exactly what they can do. All right. My voice is getting raspy. I've been talking too much, but I can't leave without talking hoops. I got five quick hitters. I'm going to try to do it in less than five minutes and keep this episode under 40 total. All right. I can't talk about basketball in the Big Ten without talking about Purdue. And last week, Purdue won the Maui Invitational, which was an absolutely stacked tournament. Here's who they beat. Gonzaga beat their ass. Tennessee, pretty close game, but Tennessee's really good. Top 10 team. Marquette, also a very good game, also a very good team, also top 10. They got two top 10 wins, and they beat Gonzaga. Who, they're not going to be great this year, but they're going to go win 25 games out in their little conference and get rated highly and get a good seed in the tournament. All four of those teams are. Purdue, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette. I think we'll all be top five seeds in the uh, big dance at the end of the year. I don't think that's crazy to say, see or say. And if you put those words together as say or whatever I just said. Um, but great wins for Purdue. I think that Purdue is undoubtedly, un- man, see, this is why I can't do two episodes in one. I should have split this up. I should have split this up so I could get my voice back. Maybe get my words a little tighter. The top of this episode, my words were tight. Uh, I think that all four of those teams will be very good. Purdue, I think, is the best team in the country. There's no doubt about it at this point. The wins that they have, nobody can stack up better wins that they've gotten early on. And it's fine to talk about what they're going to do in the postseason, but you really can't say that until the postseason gets here. So, uh You could say, oh, they've had a bad postseason run every year since whatever. Okay, fine. Virginia got beat by a 16 seed, and the next year they won the national championship. And I'm not saying Purdue's going to do that, but I am saying they might could. They might could do that. Ohio State, they won the, I forgot to write it down what it was called. I think it was called the Emerald Coast Classic. I'm not going to look it back up. Kind of a weird setup in this tournament. They had one game at home, and that was against Western Michigan. They won that, and then they went into the winner's bracket of this tournament. And that tournament, the second part of the tournament, was taking place in Niceville, Florida. Never heard of it in my life. They went down there and beat Alabama by 11. Top 25 team, SEC team, suck at SEC. Beat Alabama by 11, and then they beat Santa Clara. A team with Santa in the name. This close to Christmas, they beat them by 30. Did not care. Took their milk and cookies. The whole game, beat them by 30. Won the Emerald Coast Classic. So, Ohio State, are they trending up? I think so. That's a pretty big win against Alabama. You beat Santa Claus the next day. That's pretty crazy to do that to him this close to Christmas. Um, I think Ohio State could be a team that's going to be reckoned with. I just... I don't think they're going to win the conference. It's easy to say that because it's going to be Purdue, I think. But uh, I think that they're going to be difficult. It's going to be hard to go to Ohio State and pick up a win. It's going to be hard to 
beat them when you're at home this year. I think Ohio State's going to be a pretty nice team, and uh, that's more than what I could say going into the season. I did not think that they would be this good, but the Alabama win really impressed me. Nebraska also impressing me, kind of. They're 7-0. and They're the only 7-0 and team in the Big Ten right now, but they've... <laughs> This is crazy. I don't even know how they did this with their schedule, but they have not played an away game yet. They have not played a neutral site game, and they have not played anyone decent whatsoever. So they're 7-0. and They're at the top of the conference right now, but how long are they going to stay there? I think that Nebraska's okay. Okay? I don't know. I kind of want to do a full prediction episode like what right before the Big Ten season starts. And uh, guess where everyone's going to finish. I, and it feels like it's kind of too late because we've already seen all these teams play now, so no one's going to respect it. But um, if I had to say something for Nebraska, I would say somewhere between 7 and 10. 7th to 10th place, what I mean by that, in the conference. That's what I would say for Nebraska. All right, my last quick hitter note is that Maryland and Michigan State are at the bottom of the standings right now, but... Do not expect them to stay there for that long. I think that a lot of people pick them to win way more games as the season progresses. I think that Maryland has had a worse season to start because they lost to UAB, Davidson, and then a really good Villanova team, but they still have two pretty bad losses. Michigan State only has that one bad loss. It was James Madison to open the season, but they kept it within 10 against Arizona and Duke. And listen, I'm not having, I'm not sitting here defending them. You should start winning some of those games. You want to be one of the Blue Bloods. You got to start beating some of the Blue Bloods. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, But they didn't do that. They didn't beat Arizona. They didn't beat Duke. Both of them are at 3-3. Three and three, And like I said, that's best for worst in the conference at this moment. I think that of these two teams, Maryland and Michigan State, uh, Michigan State has the best chance to jump up towards the top three of the rankings as the season progresses. I think their coach is better, and I think that they have better players. So I'm expecting them, especially with the hard games that they play. Now, I know Maryland just played Villanova. And by the way, Maryland lost by 17 to Villanova. That game should have been 40. Maryland could not score in this game. Villanova gave up in the second half, and they didn't need to play in the second half. They were beating the shit out of them. Maryland was getting their ass kicked in this game. 17 was a courtesy. I don't know if the coaches are friends. But that was a nice thing that Villanova did because they could have won this game by 40 for sure. Um, and then my last point about basketball, and then we'll say goodbye. Like I said, Big Ten play starting this week on Friday. You have a chance to be involved in it. We're going to make picks on Twitter. I'm going to be posting polls for the lines each game, both the spread and the over-under for every single Big Ten matchup throughout the season. It's going to be a pain in my butt, but it's going to be fun because we're going to match up Big Ten Wilson, Bet Big Brad, myself, and you, the followers on Twitter, based on what the votes are in each game's spread and over-under. It's going to be really fun. I'll keep, I'll keep a graphic going. I'm going to keep track of the stats. And then also every Tuesday, I think, is when I'm going to do this because I was thinking about doing it tonight, but it's getting late now. Every Tuesday, I'm going to be posting Big Ten power rankings. I'm using an algorithm that no one seems to want to click on and figure out how it works, but that's fine. It's a lot of math. I get it. 
but at least I have some data to back up what my power rankings are going to be this year. So expect to see those power rankings tomorrow. Looking forward to this week. It's Big Ten Championship Week. Don't forget to follow on Twitter. It's at Casual Big Ten. If you listen to this much of the episode on YouTube, please hit subscribe after you X out. And uh, we will see you guys later on this week with that championship preview episode. We'll see you later this week with some more hoops talk. Big Ten basketball starting. And we will see you guys in the future.